The problem with pigs, this may not be an issue everyone is familiar with. I wasn't really that familiar with it. I saw another article this weekend about it and thought, I, I want to talk about that tonight. So wild boar, it turns out, are running riot, and that's a bit of an exaggeration, but they are running amok to a certain extent in parts of the prairies and other parts of Canada and leaving a bit of, pa of a path of destruction in their wake. Here's what they sound like. Okay, you get the point. Um, big, smart, furry, adaptable to cold weather, it turns out, quick to reproduce, and always always hungry. What my next guest calls super pigs. So where do they come from? Where are they going? And how do you stop them? Dr. Ryan Brook is an associate professor at the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan and someone who's been researching these surprisingly shifty swine for more than a decade, just one of a few in the whole country. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brook. A uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks. So tell me about, I mean, for those listeners who don't know this story, this is a a problem with wild pigs. Where do they come from? So this, we don't have any native pigs here in Canada. So these were all by definition introduced. And what happened in the 80s and 1990s was there was a push to diversify agriculture away from sort of conventional old ways. And so we had elk ranching and emu farms and wild boar farms. And so these wild boar were uh, domestic wild boar were brought over from farms in Europe to fill farms across the prairies, including numerous places throughout Alberta. Alberta is one of the bigger players in that. And so the idea was to raise them for meat and to a lesser degree have these high, high fence shoot operations where you could go in and quote unquote hunt an animal inside a fenced compound. Uh, and that worked to a degree, except the market never really took off. And so there was always escapees that were going under fences, through fences, over fences. I mean, they're, they're quite uh, much like Houdini and being able to get out. But even worse was when the market kind of collapsed after 2001, a lot of people just cut the fence and let them go. And that's where the problem really took off. And these things, of course, are, are very large. Uh, the biggest one we've handled was uh, 638 pounds. So just uh, almost 300 kilograms, absolutely massive. And they're very hairy. And so large size and fur means that you can survive a Canadian winter quite well, actually, and they thrive. And then, of course, some of these initially come from Siberia. So we shouldn't be shocked that they've done, but I think we are surprised how successful they've been. And, and living in the wild, they eat almost anything. They have uh, six young per litter on average. And so we've just seen this absolutely exponential expansion of these across the, and, and indeed the the overwhelming part of the problem is here on the Canadian prairies. How is it that, I mean, you, you referred to them at one point, and I think you just mentioned why, but as super pigs because of their ability to adapt. And it seems like they're almost tailor-made to survive in, uh, in a place like Alberta. Absolutely. You have animals that are originated from Siberia and very, very cold environments in Europe and Asia uh, so we shouldn't be that surprised they're successful, but in fact, we even made them more super by breeding them. And so one of the things that were people were told when they raised them on farms is if you want a bigger animal and uh, larger litters, and even indeed a domestic pig has an extra set of ribs, so you have a longer animal. So you crossbreed them with the domestic pig, and that's truly what made them super pigs, is these are almost anything you'll see running around the landscape on the Canadian prairies 
is actually a domestic wild boar crossed with at least in to a little degree or in, in many cases to large degree with domestic pig. And so that the, the really big animals, those monster pigs that you see, the four, five, 600 pound animals, those are surely hybrids. And that's what's made them animals that already have large litter sizes and, and do well, even that much more turbocharged. I can't imagine running into a 600 pound crossbred wild boar. It's, uh, it's, it's, it seems, I, I mean, you, you mentioned it in, in, in a recent article, but they do cause just a ton of destruction. Uh, yeah, they're, they're listed, you know, a bunch of experts came together and said, let's make a list of the hundred worst invasive species on the planet. And uh, wild pigs were a clear, uh, clearly put on that list. They, they, they destroy environments because one of the things about pigs that's different than our native wildlife is that they're rooters. They get their nose in the ground and they tear the ground apart. So elk and deer might come and graze and feed on some vegetation and, and barely even tell they're there. Whereas pigs come through and the ground is torn up and ripped apart and they don't have sweat glands like humans. And so to cool off, they go into water and mud and they thrash around and they, they wallow. And during that time, they defecate in the water. And then we get salmonella, we get E. coli, we get, you know, microorganisms that can affect human health and water quality gets destroyed. So they tear up environments. They eat anything from uh, insects to ground nesting birds to uh, amphibians. You can cut open a stomach and see nothing but frogs. Uh, they eat lots of agricultural crops. That's one of their biggest concerns. In the U.S. right now, they do $2.5 billion in crop damage every year, as far as they could tell in the continental U.S. And so while our numbers are nowhere near the U.S., we're, we're on track. Uh, we're seeing this exponential increase right now. So we could certainly start to see millions and, and eventually into the billions if, uh, if this continues as bad as it is. Speaking with Dr. Ryan Brook, Associate Professor at the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan, about the problem with wild pigs. Um, I understand, of course, now they're encroaching on urban areas. So now more people are paying attention to this issue. Well, that certainly has uh, made it important to, yeah, I think it was easy to ignore if you were living in a city thinking that's an urban problem. But we know from there, uh, of course, these things have a global distribution everywhere except Antarctica. And they are major problems in cities around the world. If you go to Berlin right now, of course, an absolutely massive city, there are many resident populations of wild boar there um, in little city parks uh, all over the place. And so they are firmly established urban. You go to southern U.S. states and there are uh, problems of, you know, of, of rural areas, but they are coming into cities as well. So it is becoming more and more recognized as a potential urban problem. And looking at the district, one of the major outcomes of our research over the last 12 years is documenting the spread of these pigs across the overall Canadian landscape. And when you when you look at that distribution, you see that indeed there have been problems for a long time of pigs near cities, and there have been a number of sightings of pigs inside cities. And so that's a part of our ongoing research right now is looking at, you know, when when and, and what will that look like when pigs start to show up in cities and, and worst case scenario actually start to become established. And living full-time or nearly full-time within city boundaries. Are they dangerous to humans? They, 
they can be. Uh, they're generally speaking, they're more nocturnal, and uh, thanks to hunters, they tend to avoid people because there is that landscape of fear. But there was in 2019, there was a woman uh, taken down and killed by uh, a group of wild pigs in uh, Texas. Uh, in a, in this is in an urban environment. She was right standing between her car and her house, and that uh, was taken down and killed. So it's not common, but these animals are very aggressive, especially around food and. And you see some uh, problems in Asia where these animals learn to hang out around grocery stores and they actually run at and scare people coming out with their groceries. They drop their groceries and run and then the pigs grab that food. And so as, they're incredibly smart and they're always hungry and they will literally eat anything. And so that combination is where the challenge comes in is that they will they will be aggressive for food. And uh, so I expect there, while we're not uh, likely to see a lot of, of widespread, it, it, the potential for them, a, a large group of animals with razor sharp tusks is, uh, needs to be taken seriously for sure. And we always talk about how smart pigs are. Um, I guess it, I, I understand it to be true. In that case, I guess the, the million or billion dollar question is how do you, how do you stop it? There is uh, a real challenge, especially once they become established like they are in Canada now. Uh, early detection and rapid response is key, much like a house fire. You need to be on it really quickly and you need experts. This is not a DIY situation. You don't go out with your, your 12 gauge you got from grandpa and try and take care of this yourself. This is absolutely calling the experts and Alberta has that. So Alberta has this amazing squeal on pigs program. So if you see pigs much like you jump on your phone and call 911 if you saw your neighbor's house on fire, pick up your phone and call squeal on pigs and uh, they will come and deal with it. And so they use ground traps and and uh, and rifles if needed to uh, remove animals. And, and one of the challenges, of course, is that if they get into urban areas and some of those tools uh, that have been used, we've used helicopter to capture them very effectively. Uh, a lot of those tools become much more challenging, if not impossible in cities. So there is a different there are different impacts like, you know, animals getting into gardens and and actually cemeteries are often damaged a lot by uh, pigs moving into there. And so the tools need to be a little bit different in trying to capture animals in urban environments. But trapping is one of the best tools in the toolbox. And we are, in fact, seeing them move towards, as you mentioned, towards. Is this something we can expect to see in all major cities on the prairies? I think some more than others. I don't think we're going to see them in Victoria anytime soon, likely. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you look at our map right now, we have occurrences, for example, of pigs on on three sides, east, west, uh, and north of Calgary. And, uh, of course, I know from my time living in Calgary before I came here was that, uh, you know, that river valley, uh, moose coming down the valley is certainly not unheard of and showed up on campus when I was there. And so there's a real concern for Calgary there, especially with the River Valley, which which is great for so many values for recreation and wildlife and everything, but also means that can be corridors for animals like wild pigs. So certainly some cities more than others. Um, uh, Edmonton and Saskatoon are probably on my radar as being likely to be the first, but uh, um, yeah, there's sightings, you know, not that far from Canmore as well. And so so southern Alberta is not without risk. And the problem with these things is they can go from two animals to 200 animals so quickly. And, it, you know, whereas some problems sort of are relatively slow and you've got time to think and react uh, really with pigs. What I would recommend to any city is have a plan now 
and a procedure and, and work this out and have a strategy in place now rather than trying to be reactive and go, oh my goodness, we just saw some pigs running around Tuscany uh, in Calgary and uh, what are we going to do about this and scratching your head and trying to respond because there is no time. You need to get those pigs out. Those things are reproducing continuously. So there is no breeding season. They're just having babies year round all the time. And so, and it's only 115 days from pregnancy to, to giving birth, three months, three weeks, three days. And those babies are on the ground and, and they become sexually mature in perhaps four, six, eight months. So this can explode from, wow, we saw a few pigs in some part of Calgary to we've got resident pigs and they've just, uh, you know, had a number of litters uh, incredibly quickly. So the being proactive is absolutely my best advice for sure. Dr. Ryan Brook, thank you so much for your time tonight. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Ben.